0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with William Shermer about core leadership principles to drive meaning and fulfillment in your team. William Shermer, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, John.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the Pacific Northwest in Washington. I'm south of Salt Lake City in uh, Orem, Utah. And today we're going to be talking about core leadership principles to drive meaning and fulfillment in your team. Uh, this topic relates to a couple of your recent books, and I'm really excited to unpack that with you and, and really explore these common leadership principles principles and the meaning purpose fulfillment that we all seek in our personal lives as well as in our leadership roles and that we want for our teams and and within our organizations and I think most people would readily say that these are important elements and that they want them. Um, But it's one thing to say it, it's another thing entirely to do it. And so we're going to try to unpack that and figure out how we can go about doing that. As we get started, I wanted to share William's bio with everybody. William Shermer is a senior management professional in human resources, having been involved with HR talent management and learning and development functions for domestic and international firms over more than 20 years. His expertise includes the creation and deployment of leadership development programs for a number of organizations. He holds USA, UK, and global HR certifications. A wonderful background. It is a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like listeners to know by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation?
1: No, not really. It's covered very well. I sort of fell into HR about 23 years ago or so. I was working as an area manager for a a retailer in the UK, and really enjoyed all of the personnel side uh, of things. How do you how do you hire good people, good matches for the job and for the organization? How do you bring them on board and and get them to be productive and also happy and fulfilled in what they do? Because people who are Fulfilled in their work tend to be productive and they tend to stay so those things sort of morphed themselves a little bit into a a career in HR where I had an opportunity to start my career uh, in the UK, a little bit in consultancy work before I uh, sort of made the switch over into corporate HR where I've been ever since.
0: Yeah, that's great. and Thank you for that background. And it's a common story. Many people kind of back their way into the HR um, profession. Uh, through a variety of paths, but that's a common story I hear. Uh, Some people, uh, and I I teach it at a university in a human resource program, so we graduate students who are specifically getting degrees in HR, and and those students certainly have a mindset towards that's the career that they want, Uh, but many people um, find themselves in a roundabout way getting into HR, and and, uh, I think the field is enriched um, because of that, the diverse backgrounds that people bring to the table. Um, So William, as we get into this, I know you have a couple of books related to the topic for today. So maybe you could start by just um, introducing us to those two recent books. And then we can start to unpack the topic a bit.
1: Yes, certainly. So the, the first book is called The Leadership Core Competencies for Successfully Leading Others. And it really grew out of a leadership development program that I had developed and implemented at one organization. And I think most of us think we have a book in us at, at some point, perhaps not the, the the talent to get it all down on paper. Um, but as, as I began thinking about the program, I thought, you know, really, this is a good primer for many people looking to get into the the, the leadership uh, arena or perhaps who have just stepped in. And, and really what I wanted to do is make sure that it was relevant for leaders at all levels. And so it covers several competencies. It starts with character and then discusses several different competencies, which I think are, are necessary for success. Of course, uh, that, that unique recipe that makes for successful leaders is, is never uh, uh, completely agreed upon. Everyone thinks there may be different competencies. And of course that's true, depending upon the particular circumstances. But there's several basic competencies that are covered. Things like how do you recruit? How do you build good teams? uh, What is servancy and and stewardship? How do you manage change and how do you develop people? And the second book grew similarly out of the leadership development program that was designed for people who were taking that first step into leadership. And as I began thinking about the program, uh, I really thought that this was good general advice regarding how to lead a more fulfilling life, perhaps a happier life along the way. And it started with self-management. So in that particular book, which is called Fulfilled, uh, we we talk about, again, character, but also delve into other subjects like emotional intelligence and self-awareness, resilience, how to manage stress, how to manage change in your own life, and how to develop yourself. So these sort of form the background and and really have become a passion over the last few years in looking at whether you are in the workplace or at home, how do you gain a more fulfilled experience? How do you take some more joy and, and prosperity out of what you're doing? Again, whether it's in the office or outside of the office.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I, I think that is a really important um point to make right on the outset and and also what you said about leadership being unique. So we all want fulfillment. We all want uh, to feel like our life matters, that we're doing something important that makes a difference. Uh, And that could be, you know, maybe I'm a stay-at-home dad and I'm I'm raising my kids and that's where I get my meaning and fulfillment. That's great. Uh, Maybe I have a successful career. Maybe it's a blend of the two. Uh, And there's as many configurations of that as there are people and families, right? And there's just different circumstances. Um, and then the same thing with leaders: different leaders in different contexts with different different personalities, different styles. Um, what's going to help them be successful? There's some commonalities. There's some common themes and in principles, but largely we we have to figure that out for ourselves. What's so we can be true and authentic in our own leadership approach. Um, so I appreciate you also acknowledging that. Uh, some, sometimes people, you know, claim that they have kind of the secret sauce of leadership and follow my model, and everything's going to unlock for you and be um, roses and and unicorns. And that's just it, it. Everyone has to go through the iterative process of figuring it out for themselves. Um, and and I think that's a healthy. Exercise to go through and to continually be self-reflective and and uh, introspective about your your approach and how that's you know in how you're interacting with the people around you because no two situations are alike, no two uh, work contexts are exactly alike, and and so we always have to iterate and adapt and and ultimately do what's going to work both for us and for our team.
1: Yes, that, that's exactly right. In, in the book. Of course, I have a biased opinion, uh, as it it, uh, represents years of work, but that you're exactly right. There is no one right way to lead. There is no one best way. And although the book is a primer and talks about certain principles that I think are probably universally well-received, it's situational. And the hard reality about leadership is that it isn't taught. Uh, at the undergraduate level, for example, no one, you know, no, no one goes into a, a college program that says, here's how you're going to become a better leader. And it's taught on the job and through hard experience and through mistakes. And we all make them. Uh, any, any leader who uh, uh, perhaps is um, arrogant enough to think that, you know, they they don't make mistakes or their people don't see them stumbling is just denying reality. And we, we do that. And it is an iterative process where we learn and our leadership transforms over the course of our career as we not only gain further experience, but we gain further mentoring from others who are going to be able to say, here are some things that I've learned, some mistakes that I've made, And you have to mold all of that into a leadership style that works for you. And that style you're going to carry with you throughout your career, but it's not going to be universally well adapted. You also have to, of course, adapt to the new cultures that you go into with organizations and the changing needs of teams. So that's absolutely correct. It's leading in the military is very different than leading in a, another environment for example and we have to make sure that our leadership is situational and, and is adaptive
0: quick kind of silly example of this I don't know if you've watched the show Ted lasso um, but such such a wonderful show I love it and there's a lot of, of great kind of uh, principles and, and themes that come out of that but again for for anyone any listener who hasn't seen it you should check it out on Apple TV and uh, and you have an American um, tier two like division two football coach that ends up um, being the head coach for uh, a premier league soccer team in the UK Uh, and it's kind of a case study in like good leadership practices and principles where you have this person who's completely a fish out of water from the Midwest who's now in the UK and and trying to lead a team in a sport he's never coached ever right Um, yet somehow you know, there, there's magic to it, um, because he's true to himself and, and he's adaptable and, and he's able to adjust right within a new context. So it, it's a fun show. It's, it's super funny and, and, uh, has some good principles. So I, you could definitely check it out. But as you were, as you were talking about that, I, you know, I, I thought of an example like that as someone who is willing, um, to both simultaneously be true to themselves as well as try new things, get out of their comfort zone. Uh, adjust and adapt um to to meet the needs of the new context
1: yes and, and being an arsenal fan so ted ted, ted is a tottenham uh, uh coach and i've i've seen it so i spent about 12 years in the uk and i'm a big soccer fan and i think what you get from from that sort of example is authentic leadership you get what you get with ted uh and it's works and all And he's not perfect, certainly out of his uh, element at first, but there are some universal principles around how to lead authentically and with your heart in the right place, certainly. And that's absolutely true. And I think servant leadership, too, espouses some of those things. The fact that, you know, as leaders, we have to be a resource for our people. We're not just sitting in the corner office directing them. We have to be part of the solution.
0: Yeah. And so that's where I wanted to go next. You already as you were introducing the two books, you, you introduced a few concepts already, one of them being servant leadership, and you talked about stewardship. Um, in my mind, those are foundational pieces that I think would apply just about in any uh, leadership setting. Um, yet, they're kind of some of those elusive pieces that you don't see a lot of leaders in a corporate setting actually having or exhibiting uh very much um tell us a little bit more about what you think uh in terms of of stewardship in terms of servant leadership um why why is that so important and why is that one of those those cross-contextual principles that's going to help us be successful and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations.
1: Yeah, I think it's largely misunderstood. I think servant leadership is seen as being this sort of kinder, gentler form that's that, that's fuzzy, that's easy on, on uh, performance management issues, that doesn't really uh, demand as much of people. And that's quite simply not the case. And a servant leadership is really an acknowledgement, and it's more of a general philosophy. It's an acknowledgement that as a leader, yes, you certainly have a degree of positional power, you do direct resources and, and get results through the work of others but you have to realize that after setting expectations and communicating them, that you then have to be a resource. You have to be part of the solution and not um, uh, perhaps having a degree of humility that allows you to roll up your sleeves and get down in the dirt with your people and and help them realize that you will do what is necessary to help them. And at times, of course, you're going to act in a position that might seem uh, almost subordinate, for instance, A leader doesn't have all the right answers and a leader shouldn't expect that. You hire experts in your team and you expect that in certain situations that they might take the lead, that they may be the best person to actually lead a project or initiative. And it takes a degree, again, of of humility and of of realism for leaders to realize that and actually understand that they're using the collective resources of their people to get results. It doesn't mean that they lead from the front all the time in every case or that they have all the answers. And I think the good leaders, the most progressive ones, realize that. And their pride and their ego isn't threatened by the fact that they can ask questions, uh, not know all the answers, and use the expertise of their people really well. So I I am a big fan of, of the servant leadership philosophy in general. I think that it's a healthy way of of weaving a good sense of humility into leadership. And people expect that. Uh, It's it's a real big turnoff for individuals who see leaders uh, leading with an arrogant approach, not admitting mistakes, um, making up answers that they don't know, for example. Isn't it easier just to say, I don't know, I'll find out for you, for example, or perhaps someone else. And then
0: gaslighting later, right, when things don't work out right and yeah. So the, the, yeah, yeah, those types of things happen. And it, I, I completely agree. I think, I think uh, taking more of a servant leader approach, that doesn't mean we're a pushover. That doesn't mean you have to um, just always give people a pat on the shoulder or, or uh, give them a good job and never have those difficult conversations with them. It, it just means that you're being a resource that you're authentically um, caring about your people and s- trying to support them, right? And unfortunately, a lot of leaders and a lot of organizations, that runs counter to what they've seen, the examples they've had in their career. Uh, and a lot of people, like you said, they haven't been trained up in leadership. And so it's, they, they do what they've seen other people model. And so if they've had mentors uh, over time where people they've looked up to, then they just start to do the same things they've seen other people do. And a lot of times they've had bad examples. And so arrogance and false bravado and those sorts of things are super common. Um, and I think leaders sometimes think that's what's expected of them, not realizing that they're undermining their own credibility with their people. Uh, unnecessarily so, they're shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, if and, and they may even be a, a fairly humble person, but they they portray themselves in a way that it seems more arrogant, or they have this false bravado, uh, and it it is a turnoff to most people most of the time.
1: It it is, yes. No one wants to work in that sort of environment where they feel devalued, that their opinions don't count, uh, and where they feel a lack of respect. And that's right. I think especially early in leadership careers, first-level supervisors will pick up on the leadership style of others, including executives in the culture, and think that leadership is about telling people what to do. And that's quite simply not the case. And in terms of, of our uh, earlier discussion, people want to find purpose, meaning, and significance at work. They want to feel fulfilled. And a leader that makes them feel small and unimportant won't deliver on that. And people are are, going to leave. They're not going to leave for money. They'll find more money along the way, but they're going to leave quite simply because they spend a lot of their waking hours at work, whether it's from their home or in the office, and they want to be treated well. And I think that's what one of the biggest lessons we can teach first level leaders is, is it's still about having a high standard in terms of your expectation for performance and behavior, and to make sure you uphold it. But you also have to respect everyone along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, and I appreciate the tie in back to fulfillment. Um, uh, another principle that you mentioned was stewardship. Can you unpack that for us a little bit?
1: Yes. Yeah, so another concept I think that's important. As leaders, we don't own talent. We don't own the people in our teams. And oftentimes, there is a, um, e- either the system within organizations or our own sense of self-preservation as leaders causes us to hold our people back. We don't want to lose the superstar in our team because it will be harder for us to hit our goals, to earn that bonus, whatever it may be. And the fact is, as as leaders, we have to understand that we're just taking care of the talent while it happens to be with us in our team and to prepare it for the next step uh, in in one's career. And that's really the concept of stewardship is an acknowledgement that we want to leave things in a better place than than we found them, including people's careers. And I think that's not celebrated enough within organizations, that leaders who are good people developers and who are good stewards for talent will be a conveyor belt for for talent within the organization. And they really should be recognized and rewarded for that.
0: Yeah, I think the stewardship piece is so important. And I think of one specific example in my career, Um, many listeners know, uh, for a time, I was on the board of directors of the HR Certification Institute, Um, a really rewarding, wonderful opportunity, a great group of people. Um, You have a bunch of HR certifications, you probably have some HRCI certifications. Um, And I I was struck by the very first board meeting that I attended, Uh, the board chair uh, in conjunction with the CEO, sitting there and explaining to us exactly what you just said, the stewardship um, role of each individual board member in our responsibility to leave um, the the company better off um, for the work that we do. Uh, and that that simultaneously means we need to support each other and lift each other up so that we can each have better contributions, and that we are constantly thinking about how do we um, how do we leave our team? How do we leave our, 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 our situation, our, our, our work uh, arrangement in a better place than it was when we started? And that was reinforced over and over and over again. It wasn't the first time I'd heard it um, or the first time I'd seen it, but it was the first time that I'd seen it consistently in practice over and over and over again, uh, a, a dominant theme in, in everything that we did. Uh, And, and it it was meaningful. Um, And so when you, when you bring together the servant leadership piece, the stewardship piece, and there are others as well, but for now we can kind of focus on those too. When we, when we have those as leaders, those competencies and capabilities, uh, it really does feed directly into how we're going to create a more dynamic um, team and organization where people do have the, the, opportunity to feel fulfilled that they have meaning and purpose that they're doing something important each and every day and it doesn't matter if you're making widgets on an assembly line if you're selling real estate if you're catching fish or working at google or whatever right like you can have that meaning that fulfillment that purpose um, in any type of job in any organization as long as there's an intentionality around it and a focus of leaders trying to create that environment
1: Absolutely. Very true. And as a matter of fact, it's one of our primary uh, acts in leadership that we need to undertake is to help our people find that purpose, meaning, and significance. Uh, And of course, it's not only written into things like mission statements and vision statements within organizations. Uh, They are oftentimes, they're rather grandiose and, and aspirational. But we're talking about the things that people do every day in the team. So for instance, in a, in a banking organization, uh, you might say to a loan officer, yes, you make loans. Or you might say, one of the primary things that you do is you help other people fulfill their financial dreams, including homeownership, by providing them access. And to tell the stories of how you have individually impacted other people's lives. And by doing these sorts of things, people are drawing more meaning from, from uh, what might seem an everyday occurrence. The Fred Factor, for example, written by Mark Sanborn is a, a classic uh, case of this, of a literally a postman uh, taking more meaning f- from his job through creative ways to deliver better service to his customers. And his customers were delighted as a matter of fact. So it's incredibly important as leaders that we find out what our people find most meaningful or what they aspire to, and then to help connect doing the work to fulfilling those those aims and to create a connection between what they're doing and doing well and impact. Because we want to make sure, of course, along the way, the bottom line is to make sure people perform, but we want people to feel good about performing and to let them know that performing is more than just about the bottom line more than about commercial success for their employer, because that's not gonna inspire anyone to get up out out of bed and to fight traffic in the morning. They wanna take more meaning from that and they want to author the story of their own lives. So that's really what, what good leadership is about, including servant leadership is including people in the narrative of their work lives.
0: I love it. I love it. William, it has been a real pleasure. I know at the time, I'm going to have to let you go here in a minute, so you can get on with your busy day. But before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, where they can find your books, and anything else you would like to say by way of closing remarks before we wrap up.
1: Of course. Yeah, I certainly appreciate it. So people can get a hold of me through uh, my website, which is willshermerofficial.com. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram, Will Shermer Official, as well. Will Shermer One on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as Will Shermer Official, also. So there's a few different ways to get a hold of me. Uh, and of course, the book. The, the first book is out now. The second book, which is Fulfilled: uh, Finding Joy and Prosperity in Life, that is actually out an ebook next month, and in print in April. And a third book is on the way as well. Uh, th- those that are interested in leading, I would tell you certainly there's no one right way. And what I often say is that uh, in order to move hands and feet, you need to capture hearts and minds. So I think as leaders, we need to remember that and remember that it's all about emotion. It's all about how people feel about their work experience and feel about working with you. So if you manage that, you're going to manage a really good experience for your people and see good performance along the way.
0: Wonderful. Well said, William. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what William and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership